Hi, everybody. Welcome to Fuel Radio. On the line with me today is Carlo Zerillo. Welcome to Fuel Radio, Carlo. Yeah, thank you for, thank you for having me, Ralph. <laughs> We've just been having a nice conversation here. It's been great to get to know Carlo a little bit. And Carlo is involved um, with a company called Cascadia Seaweed. He's done a number of different things in terms of marketing and owning businesses and um, what was your, you mentioned it to me before, you had uh, a food business in, in Chilliwack. Just share yeah. with us a little bit of your background. Yeah, sure. So, um, yeah, so my last, uh, up till October, and for about three years prior, I owned a uh, fruit uh, processing facility in Chilliwack. So we made pie fillings and glazes and sauces, mostly ingredients for the baking industry. Mm. And... Um, a large company in Europe came along and, and wanted uh, to add uh, add to their portfolio. So they, they bought the company from me and my partners. Okay. And uh, yeah, so I'm 25 years in consumer products, um, right. mostly out East and a little bit of time in the U S I, I cut my teeth with Cadbury chocolates and oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, was the most popular dad at daycare and, uh, <laughs> and at um, Halloween. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Our house always, uh, we were the full, uh, Benita, my wife, uh, also worked at Cadbury. Uh, um, when that's where we met oh, and, uh, we, we used to give out full size bars on Halloween. So kids, <laughs> kids used to come back two and three times. Um, <laughs> yeah. I then, uh, I took on a role with, uh, Colgate Palmolive and ended up, uh, in Toronto and, uh, then ended up, um, in Montreal and was running Eastern Canada for, for Colgate Palmolive and then did a stint in the U.S. And uh, then uh, was headhunted away and I joined Kraft Foods. And I did a few uh, senior roles with, uh, with Kraft Foods, ran a couple of business units. And uh, from there ended up uh, becoming Executive VP of North America for Cascades Tissue Group, which is an, which is an environmental um, box board specialty and and consumer products uh, making toilet paper and uh, paper towel and napkins uh, okay. mostly private label and uh, so I did that and uh, then uh, in 2010 unfortunately my mom uh, uh, fell ill so Benita and I made a decision that uh, we really need to be out here because our kids uh, we've moved around so much our kids never really got a chance to get to know their grandparents so my parents uh, are here in Coquitlam. They've been here for, geez, I think almost 30 years. And uh, my sister's here as well in Coquitlam. She's been here for sure for 30 years. So um, we uh, cashed out, so to speak, and uh, we moved <laughs> out here. And uh, I decided that uh, I would uh, kind of semi-retire. I took on, a, I bought a couple of local uh, businesses. One is Sandpiper Signs. Mm -hmm. And the other one was uh, Snap Tri-City. So um, the franchise, uh, it's a franchise and I own the franchise for about five years before, uh, um, the, uh, corporate franchise took it back over. And, uh, during that time, I also, uh, I also was CEO and ran a dietary supplement company. So, um, we made, uh, we made mostly plant-based, uh, nutrition protein products and, um, um, sold them to brand owners who took them, to, who took them to market. Okay. And uh, then, yeah, then I took over Sandell Foods and uh, uh, kind of uh, now sold Sandell Foods. And uh, I'm basically uh, was semi-retired up until the Cascadia opportunity came. How did you find the corporate world? Like, how did you find working for those big 
brands um, in comparison to, you know, the, the, the startups and some of the smaller companies that you've yeah, worked with since yeah, you were Yeah, great question. I mean, I, I've, uh, I've worked in businesses that, you know, had zero revenue and, and I've run businesses that have uh, multi-billion dollars in revenue yeah. and uh, kind of everything in between. Um, and I think, uh, you know, they're both great. I, I think what's really, really important. So um, I was lucky enough to do my MBA as well. But one thing you really get from the large companies is it's like taking an MBA. Um, mm. they, do, they do such a great job of onboarding, training, development, and, and really, really a, just focusing on, on you know, um, succession planning and getting you ready for the next job. So mm. you know, it, it really gives you a grounding that when you do get into kind of the smaller companies, um, because a lot of the smaller companies are not very focused. And they, they, they tend to spread themselves too thin. And they don't have um, systems. They don't right? have systems and yeah. they don't have a strategic plan. And, and I, you know, part of my MBA was focusing on uh, strategic planning. And again, the large companies do such a great job of using strategic planning as a framework for growth. Mm -hmm. and, and so that's what I'm able to bring to a lot of the small companies that I end up working with, or even mid-sized companies is lots of times I come in and, you know, they'd love to do a strategic plan, but they just have never done one or they don't yeah. know how to do one. And so I'm able to come in and, and get them focused, put a strategic plan in place that, you know, really a strategic plan does two things. It sets the vision of the company. So kind of where are you going? So it sets the goalpost of what the future looks like. But more importantly, it, the, the real important work is setting the core values. Under, under what core values are you establishing the company and how are you going to operate and how are you going to act? And, and, you know, because when you hire employees, you know, you hire employees for fit and you really want them to fit your core values. And, and so um, I would say some of the most important work when you do strategic planning is around core values. So I learned a lot of that from the large companies. Excellent. I like what you're saying. And we could talk about that just for yeah, yeah. Happy a long to do period that. of time. <laughs> yeah. That's, I know my experience in, in a couple of the companies that I've worked with and, um, and then, and the last one in particular, just having a street strategic plan made, made such a difference, you know, and, and um, the CEO at the time made a big decision because we were so spread out and, uh, there, we were doing something that was, um, you know, in, in the public, it was a, for a nonprofit, but we did right. have a, we did have a strategic plan and it was a social enterprise. And so, um, you know, there was one area of the, or a couple areas actually of the organization that were great donors loved it, <laughs> but it wasn't what we were all, it wasn't what we were really all about and wanted to be all about. Right. And so, yeah, I really admired him for making a, a gutsy decision. We went out for a walk one day and he said, I was doing marketing and, and, and fundraising. And he said, we're going to, we're going to do this. Like we're going to focus in on this one area. And it was, um, yeah, I really admired him for, for, for doing that. And then it made my job so much easier as a fundraiser because um, even those other, even though those other areas were, interesting and, and, and donors loved it. Um, 
it, it, it just helped me to just focus in on the, Absolutely. on the one thing. And then we could find people that that was there. They valued that as well. And you know, it really worked like, Absolutely. Yeah. Have you read the book, Good to Great? Absolutely. I was thinking yeah. about it as you were talking. So, I didn't... <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. again, that's a, it's a foundational book. I think if people really understand that whole hedgehog process, which is yeah. identifying what you can be the best in the world at and yeah. really focusing on that. And, and, and that's how you create game changing, you know, uh, game changing, uh, uh, like a moat as, as, as you know, Bill Gates and different people say, creating a moat around your business that is really hard to repeat. So, yeah, um, yeah you know, I, I, I really admire, I, when I got here, I joined uh, some of the local not-for-profits. So I was on the, I was a board director for SHARE for six years. Oh, yeah. And I was also a board director for the Tri-City Chamber and was, was chair for the Tri-City Chambers. And one of the things I did do for the Tri-City Chambers was, take them through a strategic planning process when I was chair. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I guess one of the most things I'm proud about in my time is that they're still living that document and, and working to keep it alive, which is, which is great. great. Yeah, that's great. I think a lot of times they end up in the drawer somewhere, yeah, they, the, the file. Right? <laughs> they, they really do. And, and yeah. Uh, yeah, we've all been there. We've all yeah. Been there. <laughs> Okay, we got to talk about seaweed. Yeah, <laughs> that's great though. Thank you for sharing that. That's I, I love that stuff. And right. the, and good to great was one of my favorite books. And that CEO as well. We actually went on a retreat and worked on some of the the things that were in the book. Our our BHAG, our big hairy yeah, right goal, on. And yeah, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it was, right on. It, Yeah. Well, another book just quickly before we segue, but uh, another great book is changed my life. Actually, changed how I not only how I work but how I lived and. How, how I went into relationships. It's called The Speed of Trust. Oh, yeah. So I've, it was, I've, yeah. I've got it. I've never quite worked okay. my way through the whole book, but I love the concept. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. really, really good. Okay. I, I'll, I'll, I'll pull that out again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, I love, I mean, I, I'm a big Everybody fan. has that book that they, everyone has that book that they uh, think changed their life kind of thing. So yeah. um, that one did it for me. I've heard several people mention it and I actually have it. I probably get yeah, yeah. somewhere right here to the right of me on my bookshelf somewhere. Well, Stephen <laughs> Covey, the, the father did such a great job with seven habits. And oh yeah. Highly successful people. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I talk about, about him all the time and, and I'm reminded of, of those, of his concepts as well. Yeah. yeah. Right on. Seek first to understand. That's the one yeah. that comes up all the time. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> one of his eight principles. So yeah, Cascadia Seaweed, maybe you could just introduce us to the company. I'll just, I'll just mention this really quickly is earlier this year, I just had this inkling that, you know what, I want to, I want to do stuff. I want to be the person. I just felt this drawing to be kinder to the planet. I know it sounds a little bit <laughs> hippie-ish or <laughs> woo-woo or whatever, but I just felt like it's something I really wanted to do. And so when I saw Cascadia seaweed come up and I've tried to on fuel radio, talk to people that are doing things that are good for the planet. Um, it just has such a, it seems to have such a good mix of things that I, that I like and, and the things that you've told me about so far as we've been preparing for this interview. But anyways, yeah, if you wouldn't mind just sharing uh, a little bit of the, the story and how Cascadia seaweed got uh, started and we'll go from there. Yeah, I'll try to I'll try to do it quickly in an hour and a half. 
Um, <laughs> so it, you know, it, it is amazing. I mean, it, it actually got me out of retirement. I thought I was actually, you know, I, I uh, have a daughter that lives in Scotland and, and, you know, we have a, you know, we, we, we love traveling and Benita and I started to actually travel quite a bit before COVID hit. And then when COVID hit, um, interestingly enough, there was not much to do and, and it was kind of boring at home. And luckily a, um, a good friend of mine, a contact that I've known for 10 years, his name's Rob Napoli. So Rob uh, comes from the financial background. He actually financed one of my companies in the past. And Rob also uh, had financed the founder of Cascadia Seaweed, uh, Bill, his name is Bill Collins. And, and uh, Rob had uh, financed one of his companies in the past. So Rob knew him and Rob knew myself. So what happened was, so Rob had, they had reached out to Rob just to introduce him to Cascadia Seaweed and talk a little bit about the fact that they may be doing a friends and family round of financing, or they may be in the market looking for some financing. So when Rob met them, he was blown away by, by what they were attempting to do. Um, but what quickly came to light was, you know, growing seaweed, making ingredients and selling those ingredients to people to put in their products. Yeah, that's good, but it's not great. Right. Um, and, and one of the things, you know, to make a great company, um, you know, Rob, Rob talked to them about how they really need to get into their own branded products that they had, they had just, an, you know, a superfood that they were working with mm-hmm. and they had an opportunity to bring that to market directly and go right business to consumer. Can I stop you with a question there just yeah. for a second? Yeah, so just sure. what I've gleaned a little bit from talking to you and, and talking to Desiree Dupuy is that, they're, they're looking for, so Cascadia Seaweed's just going to kind of be an umbrella company and you may come up with a different name when you go to market or it might be seen on the shelves as something, something different. Is that yeah, right? absolutely. Yeah. So we're okay. going to be what's called a brand house. So okay. not a house of brands. We won't work. We actually, um, so we have part, we've hired crew, uh, crew's uh, one of the top, uh, marketing and brand development companies in Western Canada. Okay. And uh, so we've hired them on to help us um, really identify who our consumer is and uh, which categories, um, which large categories are kind of ripe for disruption in terms of bringing a plant-based solution uh, <laughs> to market. So, so, uh, so yeah, so the company was started by Bill, Mike, and Tony, three individuals with combined a hundred years of experience or over a hundred years of experience in ocean, whether uh, Mike worked for the government and, and uh, you know, he was in the Navy. Um, Bill worked for a technology company um, that was doing some oceanography uh, work. And Tony worked for a company that uh, basically is stabilizing wind farms and stabilizing platforms. So these three really, understood the ocean and it was bill who saw an opportunity and and really if you do a google search about seaweed one of the first things that'll come up is that the global demand for seaweed outstrips supply and the majority of supply is coming from china and uh, just off the coast of japan there's a little bit done in different places of the world but when you talk about supply chains, um, the, 
almost 100% of the seaweed that you would see in market today is coming from, from Asia. Mm-hmm. And it may be processed here, but the actual seaweed is grown off the coast of several countries in Asia. Okay. And they saw an opportunity that, um, you know, they could commercially grow seaweed in the most pristine waters of probably the world. The Cascadia region mm-hmm. is one of the most pristine areas of the world to, to grow and cultivate seaweed. And the great thing, again, about seaweed is, you know, you, you grow it in the ocean. You don't need fresh water. And, you know, the, the variants that we're growing grow here naturally. So we're not bringing any invasive species into, uh, um, into our waters. Mm. So they saw an opportunity. And so they, uh, they, did a, they, they formed a company called Cascadia Seaweed. They did a friends and family round. They raised about half a million dollars. And off to the races they went. And they actually uh, started with two test crops. So they had to prove that they could grow this on a commercial scale. Because it's one thing to go out in the ocean and, and uh, you know, kind of harvest it, you know, close to shore, almost like a craft business. There is some there. And a lot of that kind of goes goes on um, kind of in the Banfield area and different areas up and down uh, the coast of B.C. and Alaska. Um, You know, people go out in the ocean, they collect it, they turn it into something and off to the farmer's market they go. Um, So they were attempting to do this at scale. And 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 so I joined. So uh, they've proven the test crops and uh, I've joined at the time where we are in the process of scaling up. And uh, our first commercial crop uh, will be uh, 400 400 tons Mm. of uh, three different variants of seaweed. We're gonna be growing sugar kelp, alaria, and dulse. Wow. And a very small quantity of dulse, but uh, the majority will be sugar kelp and uh, alaria. So we have partnered with uh, First Nations and uh, with coastal communities, um, because it's the First Nations and the government that uh, um, you have to work with to uh, to get the rights to mm-hmm. uh, grow the seaweed, and uh, they will harvest it for us, and then we will do the primary processing, and then we'll turn it into a, a finished product. And you were mentioning too in our pre-interview talk that how helpful that is to the indigenous people because that fishing is. In decline, and who knows what's going to actually happen? Hey, like uh, yeah, and and again, long-winded answer, but um, you know, it's why when Crew studied us, uh, because Crew before taking on the project did a lot of work understanding who we were, and they came back with a phrase that we are truly good, and 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 there's a lot of companies, and I've worked I've worked with companies that you know are feeding the world. I've worked for companies that are environmental. I've worked for companies that have helped communities in, in which they live in, or sorry, in which they operate in. Um, but at the end of the day, this is the first company that I've seen that really, and as we like to say, check all the boxes. Yeah. So whether it's uh, First Nations uh, relationships, um, helping coastal communities with jobs, mm-hmm. um, whether it's uh, helping, uh, helping the planet, um, seaweed is uh, 
I think seaweed and, and you know, I'm going to throw out a number, but don't quote me on this, but, you know, CO2 uh, sequestration um, is, is, is uh, the highest with seaweed. It, 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 it captures a tremendous amount of the CO2 that, uh, that we create in the world. So, oh, and it also acts as a filter and mm. it acts as a fish habitat and uh, sea wildlife habitat. Right. So um, when you bring seaweed back to coastal communities and coastal waters, um, it has an amazing positive impact on the environment. Mm. And uh, then on top of that, you know, it has the human health aspect. Which yeah, is, I was going to ask you to talk about that a little bit more. I know, you know, neither of us are nutritionists, but maybe you could say right. what are, what's the nutritional value that you you've learned about? <laughs> yeah. So it's again, it's it's classified as a superfood, and yeah. um, in terms of uh, so it would fall into the plant based nutrition uh, category, and so in terms of its health benefits, it's first of all very high in dietary fiber, mm. um, very high in uh, in B12, one of the only plant-based sources of B12. Which so is really a, interesting for vegetarians and vegans because they are typically it. low in B12. So that's You great. got it. Absolutely. Yeah. And they have to um, take supplements. So it's not, it's not readily available in very many foods. So and not cool. natural, right? When you take yeah, it as natural, a supplement, yeah. it's not natural. So, yeah. so uh, very high in, again, naturally occurring, I guess, B12 and um, high in phosphates, uh, high in iodine. Mm. Um, um, it's considered low sodium, right? Because, uh, right. um, it, you know, we're not going to be adding, uh, too much salt. It's low in it's calories. Really, it tastes salty to begin it, with, right? It, it, so it already does. It. Yeah. I've it actually not. crunched it up <laughs> and put it in a salad, like a, right. a sort of a, a crunchy topping to a salad because it, it does give, you know, it's nice to have a little bit of a salty taste and that's a right good on. way to get it. Yeah. And then high in omega-3 and omega-6. Mm -hmm. And wow. so... Um, when we talk, when we looked at different categories to go into, boy, it can go in so many categories. You could launch mm -hmm. a uh, personal care products. Mm -hmm. You know, it's amazing as an exfoliant. It's amazing as a, as a, you know, hydration for skin. Um, mm -hmm. You could make a collagen out of it. Again, most collagen that people take usually comes from uh, um, skin of uh, the fish skin or fish scales. Mm -hmm. um, you could launch a collagen that would be plant-based. Um, you know, you could launch uh, products, uh, fresh salad. You know, that's one of the products that uh, we're thinking deeply and meaningful of going into that category is because it's just, it. we'd love to serve it to you in its most basic form mm. because we don't want to necessarily over-process it. Sure. But uh, we're also talking about uh, like a nori sheet. You've seen those nori sheets. Um, you know, they're, they're those flat sheets. A lot of the kids eat them, right? It's funny, you know what? It's almost the only seaweed product that I'm aware of. <laughs> right. You know, and, uh, when I go and eat sushi or, uh, or, right on. or like I say, I, I bought some the other day and, and just, just as a snack, really. It's the only product that I'm really aware of. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so we're thinking of that, but more like a chip, right? Again, you know what, yeah. we've, done, we've done some research. The North American palate, they like that chip. That's it, you know, where it's, it's great chip, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and uh, we're also looking very, again, deeply and meaningful into the jerky category. Hmm. So right now, most people who hike and bike and, and you know, paddle and those the very busy on-the-go a lot of them are you a lot of them are eating a meat-based 
uh, um, protein right. jerky. Yeah. And we, we think we can come into that market and be very disruptive and give the people who want to be, whether it's a flexitarian or yeah. an actual vegan, sure. we want to give them an option. You know, when you're going up, you know, when you're going up the Coquitlam Crunch and uh, <laughs> instead of taking your, your meat jerky, you'll be able to take a plant-based jerky that yeah. first of all, tastes great, right? Like right. Um, we're really, again, uh, focusing on making sure that whatever we bring to market first tastes great, mm-hmm. then has the right mouth mouthfeel mm-hmm. and has all of the product attributes that I talked about, all the nutritional benefits. Mm. So those are like the, the top three things that we're thinking about. And all the, and that's Desiree and myself. So you talked about Desiree. Right. Um, yeah, you know what? Uh, so when I joined, um, I said we needed somebody who kind of could represent the brand. Someone that really from, a, you know, the way they live their life, their core values, um, their image out there in the public. We wanted someone or I wanted to bring someone in who could do that. And a couple different names came up and, and I was talking to my wife and uh, um, my wife uh, spent some years in, uh, in um, consumer research and she knows uh, my wife was chair of the board for Ruben Shoes for a short period of time. And I know Desiree as well for the last 10 years I've, I've known her. And, you know, my wife said, you should really think about Desiree. And, I, and, you know, I was like, man, why didn't I think of that? That's a no brainer. And yeah. so we, we brought Desiree in as a partner. And, uh, and right. so she is also a partner in the business. And uh, she is, uh, she's head of uh, sales and marketing and brand development. Excellent. Yeah, she'll be great at that. Um, and like you say, she, she walks the talk. She's a, she sure does. <laughs> she's a committed vegetarian for sure. Or vegan. Yeah. Yeah. I always get those two terms mixed up a little bit. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? We're, it's why, again, you know, we, we t- people say, is it a vegan product? We're, we're really trying to focus again on that plant-based. plant-based. Yes. Plant, I love the yeah. term plant-based too. Yeah. I mean, I made the switch myself. Yeah. I wouldn't say I'm vegan. I would say I'm, I'd, I'd rather say I'm, I'm plant, a plant-based eater, whole food, plant-based. based. Uh, right on. Yeah. And consumer, me, yeah. myself, I would say, you know, again, I'm a flexitarian, right? Again, yeah. and even as a company, we may come out with, with a, you know, a, um, a flexitarian salmon burger, like sure. a 50, 50, 50, right? Yeah. Um, oh, that's cool. I, I just had one question pop up, and I don't know if you know the answer to this or not, but what were, historically, what were some indigenous uses for seaweed? Are you aware of how they Yeah, so, um, um, I mean, I don't, I don't know um, um, all of the different uses, but I will say there, in fact, we found uh, there's like a 400-year-old, Coast Salish saying mm. that when the ocean is out, the table is set. <laughs> and, yeah. and it's true, right? So yeah. um, it has been in diets. Uh, I, I mean, I think going back a thousand years, you yeah. know, and, and it's not just Asian diets. Um, mm-hmm. It's also First Nations diets. Sure. Um, they have been uh, um, growing it. So I definitely know it, it's in there. It's in there. It was in their diets. And yeah. continues to be in their diets, mm. and um, I don't know about medicinal um, in terms. Was it used? Uh, you know, was it used for medicinal purposes? But again, um, 
just so good for you anyway. Yeah. <laughs> just, just eating it raw. Yeah. Um, I always joke to people, you know, that there's those shows where they drop you in the wild and, and yeah. see if you live. Oh yeah. I, I always find it's interesting, right? You always see them hunting, trying to yeah. like kill squirrels and, and yeah. catch snakes or, but you never just see them go down to the water and grab some seaweed and eat it. And, yeah. Right. And if you simply did that, you would be, you'd stay alive for uh, <laughs> forever out there. Yeah. That's interesting because in those shows, they typically are starving. It's food. It's food yeah. that gets them. Yeah. yeah. That's what they always tap out because they, they, they're starving to death. Yeah. Or if they're on the West coast, it's yeah, cold yeah. and wet and yeah. <laughs> all the rest of it as well. Yeah. Right. Well, that's neat. I, as you mentioned, it just sounds like there's so many opportunities. How do you decide as a company where to start? So we're really focused again. So we did a strategic plan. I took the company through a strategic right. planning process and, yeah. and uh, launching brands into the consumer products industry is first and foremost. Yeah. And we've narrowed it down with the help of uh, crew to really three categories, right? So we, you will see something in the plant-based uh, jerky you will okay. see something in the what I'll call snacking area, the seaweed chip. Mm -hmm. And you probably will see something quite fast on the heels of that in a fresh seaweed salad. Okay. What, what's interesting about the seaweed salads is we're not just thinking about seaweed salad. So we're thinking about what we're calling yoga bowls. So we'll, mm. have, a, we'll have one product that is a base seaweed salad. But we're also thinking about combination salads. So we might have a, you know, we might have a uh, vegan poke bowl salad that has seaweed in it, but it'll also have, you know, uh, plant-based uh, salmon, you know, from made from tomatoes. Mm -hmm. And so we're really, really trying to focus on that very busy, our kind of core consumer is that on the go, uh, very busy I'll say mother with a family at home. Mm -hmm. She wants to make sure they eat nutritious mm -hmm. and she needs to eat nutritious as well. Right? right. And so if they're, you know, if they're in the office and very, you know, they're, they're hungry for lunch, mm -hmm. they could go down to their, you know, grocery store that's at the bottom of their uh, tower and they'll be able to go to the ready to eat section of that uh, grocery store Mm -hmm. and pick up a salad, take it back to the office, and, uh, and uh, get all of their nutritional benefits, plus a great, a great tasting product. Cool. I wonder, like I've been involved in projects like this before, where you have to um, educate the public a little bit. <laughs> have you guys talked about that? Like not everybody, I, I think probably people have a, you know, they think about their sushi wrapped in, in, in seaweed and that's about it you know like um yeah how do you how do you do that when you're introducing a a, a product like this if you guys yeah just, so is that, has that an issue for you at all great question and yeah. uh and yeah i mean we see it as an opportunity in terms of um the industry itself you're you're um it didn't take me long to realize and even when i was uh, working for a dietary supplement company seaweed was starting to get talked about as another protein. So mm -hmm. you have like pea protein and brown rice protein and soy protein and, yeah. and seaweed was starting to emerge that you could take a dulse 
you could dry it, you could turn it into a powder, and that powder could be added to a, to a dietary supplement for all the, for the protein kick that you mm -hmm. get. And so the industry is emerging, which is good, kind of rising tide raises all boats. Right. Um, the fact that the West Coast has a very large Asian influence. Sure. Also, uh, the West Coast is very open to seaweed products. Yeah. And we will also be doing a lot of educating. So yeah, there, you know, no doubt about it. The, the good thing is someone like yourself, for example, you're open to plant-based offerings, mm -hmm. right? So what we need to do is make sure that when you're in front of that jerky aisle, mm -hmm. you know, you, you walk into, you know, mountain equipment co-op and <laughs> you're about to go on a 5k hike tomorrow or a 10k hike yeah. and you buy your jerky product we have to make sure that we're front and center and make sure that we present it in a way that you very quickly understand when you're making that three foot decision, you know, the mm -hmm. length of your arm that, <laughs> that, uh, that we present it in a way that you're like, yeah, that makes sense. You know, mm -hmm. it's a, it's a plant-based offering, which is what I'm looking for, yeah. but it, it packs all the punch mm -hmm. of the, of the meat protein based offering. Yeah. And even additional benefits. Right. Right. So I think, I mean, I think we will be success, successful, but I think it will take time. Like I, we're not, we're not fooling ourselves. We, we're not, uh, we, our business plan doesn't say, you know, we're going to be a bajillion dollars in the next three years. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's meaningful growth. Uh, year one, we're kind of starting in British Columbia. Um, kind of year two, we'll expand more across Canada. And then kind of year two and three, we'll go down the I-5 corridor and, uh, um, you know, make, you know, make sure that we have a U.S. presence because, uh, um, you know, the, the West Coast of the U.S. very open, very open to uh, seaweed-based uh, products. Oh, yeah, cool. Yeah, so it's kind of a new and expanding market i mean it's not really new right <laughs> but uh maybe finding it in in north american stores it's 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 new right yeah yeah it will go fast i mean like pea protein you know five years ago not many people heard about pea protein in in, yeah. in their products yeah now you know kind of everything you're eating whether it's impossible foods or or you know these other great companies um a lot of them have found a way to extrude pea protein and and turn it into you know a, a kind of like a meat analog and uh, just done such a great job and, and so we're kind of you know we're fast following so to speak with a more with a different more novel protein yeah and and it's interesting like there's i, I think there's there's also a trend towards people eating a more plant-based diet and um and like you say seaweed is it sounds like it's such a superfood it ticks off so many boxes in terms yeah. of of what people are looking for omega-3s and yeah. and all the rest yeah i mean we're heavy users of uh the fast food chains in in Quitlow. <laughs> and yeah. uh you know uh, my daughter started you know my my youngest daughter started uh asking for the the uh beyond meat or the plant-based uh patty option that they have yeah. and she loves it tastes great and uh 
she doesn't even think twice. I mean, she orders it as her burger of choice. And uh, so, like you said, there's so many people that are starting off in the plant-based market versus yeah. having to um, adapt to it. Yeah. So personally, what really excites you about this? I mean, you seem to have a real business mind. <laughs> um, is it the business side that excites you or what's, what's, what really excites you about this company? Um, yeah, so, so much again, you know, I mean, it started for me, it started with, um, I wasn't looking for another job, you know, yeah. and, and again, I'm just so fortunate, um, you know, working for the companies I've worked for and, and, uh, just got to a point in life where we're, you know, things were good. And, mm -hmm. and, and so I wasn't looking for a job, but it, what, what excites me is, you know, this is a company I want to help get there. Right. Um, I've helped a lot of businesses grow. I've helped a lot of businesses be successful. Fortunately, some of those businesses have been mine and other times I've been just an employee and, mm -hmm. and, uh, this one is doing so much good. You know, I mean, when I, I mean, you, you understand very well the cod fishery collapsing all those years ago in Eastern Canada mm -hmm. and the damage that that did to the coastal communities in, yeah. in PEI or Newfoundland. You know, we have the same types of things going on now on the West Coast mm -hmm. is, is with the salmon fishery, um, with all of the issues these coastal communities under are under a tremendous amount of pressure. And, and the last thing I'd want is, you know, people who are in their twenties, thirties and forties to have to leave their community and go work, let's say wherever in the oil sands and they have to leave their families. They only come home every, you know, six months or nine months. And that's not a life, right? Mm -hmm. um, that's an existence. It's not a life. So I think the thing that, most excites me about this is is creating jobs in coastal communities mm -hmm. with first nations uh partnership yeah just just so like it just so incredible it gives me i got goosebumps like it just <laughs> it uh um yeah. like i just so proud of that like boy you want to talk about stroking your ego i mean <laughs> it's, it's uh, yeah. um you know i have an ego just like everybody else and uh, yes some people say a very large one <laughs> um, and this, uh, this just, this, this just does that and, and yeah. just, just so exciting. Great. Good. Well, man, it, it's exciting. It is exciting. It sounds like it ticks off so many boxes. I think that are, that people are, um, all about these days, you know, it's, it's like you say, it's having an economic impact. Um, it's good for the environment. It's great for your health. <laughs> and then it sounds like you have some really good people on board, like good, a really great team that you've put together. So I, yeah. I really, you know what, thank you for saying that because sometimes yeah. I maybe appear like I'm, I'm, I'm the guy. <laughs> and, uh, um, <laughs> well, it sounds well, like it's a good fit for you too, yeah, with yeah. Your, your experience. I mean, it sounds like they're lucky to have you. So I, yeah. <laughs> well, they most, I mean, we've been out there uh, doing another financial raise of, of some capital and yeah. one one thing that's coming back loud and clear why people are investing yeah. is is they're investing in the people and yeah. and you know my wife always says Benita Benita always reminds me and I often forget she always you know one of her sayings is you know opportunities are attached to people not mm -hmm. to not to things right and and I sometimes forget that you know I right. see oh you know there's a seaweed company no yeah. it's it's the people in the company that are going right. to make that are going to make it great, right? Yeah. 
because you could have all of those things that I just mentioned and not have the people to execute it. And it's, yeah, yeah, it's not going to happen. Yeah. But. Thank you for, for uh, leading me down that path, Rod. I appreciate it. <laughs> You're welcome. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. Is there anything else that we have that we haven't covered that you want to mention? No, that's great. Thank you so much for your time. That's uh, you gave me a lot of time and just really appreciate uh, you and, and uh, your organization for, for letting us uh, tell our story. Oh, thanks. Well, yeah, great getting to know you. Thanks for joining me, Carlo. And yeah, um, I'll, I'll definitely watch with lots of interest. And yeah, um, please do. Yeah. Maybe we'll check in again when you, when some, some when some products hit the shelves. That's awesome. Thanks so much. Eh? Great. Thank you. Okay. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you.